Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 187. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Got over my cold. I uh, sent out to our subscribers for our newsletter uh, a little write-up of the stuff I did while I was sick. Watched all the ski trailers I could. Yeah, that was like very uh, like knocking down the fourth wall and giving you a little bit of insight and perspective into your life. Exactly. So I was uh, on my deathbed, it felt like, and uh, figured, hey, why not just watch some ski movies? Get you fired up, right? Give you that adrenaline pump and then you, uh, it helped cure you, right? It did. It did. I almost uh, switched to Apocalypse Snow, but I didn't get, I didn't quite get there. Oh. So All in due time, my friend. That has to be one, two, and three, back to back to back. <laughs> You know, it, to me, it, there really is such a massive drop off from one to two. Yeah, it's just one is the one you got to watch. It's you know they had they had lightning in a bottle there. It was like the Matrix. You know, it was perfect <laughs> as a standalone. You didn't need to make the sequels, but yeah, you know, the money grab that is eighty ski movies. That's it. They were susceptible to that, and I can understand where they're coming from. They can make money. They're making another movie. They got mono skis. They got explosives. Like, let's make a goddamn movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so thank you everybody so much for listening. Please check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. All of our info is there. We have a groovy shop. By the time this comes out on Thursday, there may be some cool new stuff in there because I have a giant box next to me with said cool stuff. I didn't have time to get it up yet, but it will be up by Thursday. Also, we are going to be at the Boston Ski and Snow Expo starting on Thursday. We'll be there Thursday through Sunday. And we are super excited. So please follow us on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Ski Bum Podcast. We're going to be posting out where we are, what we're doing. Hopefully we can meet up with a lot of you folks and have a drink, have a chat, take some pictures, do whatever, because we're just in such a good mood. It's almost like an advent calendar. Like something, you know, like you open that first day of December on the chocolate advent calendar. That's what this snow show feels like. It's like, okay, ski season is is here. Everyone's fired up. Everyone's excited. Let's all just get together and, and just have a good time. Let's kick it off. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to catch up with Ski Utah, Ski New Hampshire, Boston Globe. So there's a lot of people we already have reservations to catch up with. Um, we'll get to see Ryan from Till I Die. Till I die. That's right. Uh, Alba may be there. Alba Adventures. Yeah, we got a lot of folks that we have interviewed that we've you know become friends with that we're going to hopefully see in person, which is really cool. So we're we're very excited about that. So yeah, follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Ski Bum Podcast. Also, we'll have this episode up on YouTube. We're on Pinterest. We're all over the place. But if you could, please subscribe and rate us. That would really, really help us out. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. There's a few others, but those are the big ones. And tell a friend. Let them know that you know they're getting fired up for skiing and snowboarding, that they should check us out because we are your weekly audio ski trip. And we like getting people excited and fired up. And even people who maybe weren't skiers at first checked it out and like oh this seems like these guys really have a cool fun vibe and i want to have that kind of fun cool vibe in the winter instead of just being depressed and being a dummy and sit inside watching netflix all day i'm gonna start skiing or snowboarding that's right that's what we're here get people on the mountains and have a good time and now with youtube we have uh the sections split up so if you just want to look at you know three or four operate todays you can do that so it's kind of nice it's all compartmentalized chunked up just for your uh making it so easy for you to enjoy that's right there's no excuse now 
Yes. So before we get started, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Quickie Wax, quickiewax.com, Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X.com. They are a Colorado-based ski bum independent company. We are very grateful to have them on board. They are good folks. They have four different kinds of wax, warm, all weather, cold, and cleaner. Get on there, get yourself some wax, get yourself ready for the season. And thank you so much to Quickie Wax for sponsoring us. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, let's start it off. It's time for I Pray Today. Mario, I Pray Today. I Pray Today. I'm just having a, uh, a nice little... Since I was sick, I'm back on the Natty Light <laughs> seltzer. <laughs> just had one because it's pretty light. Is that like Florida cough syrup? <clears throat> It is. Nat- um, Natural Light Seltzer is your Florida cough syrup. I don't know. This is, you got to try this. It's actually pretty good. It's, uh, it's that cherry lime. Cherry I'm, lime. I'm afraid to try it because I know I'm going to like it. That's, oh. that's why I'm making all these smart ass comments. That's why I'm hating on it because and I, I had know... the Aloha Beaches too. That was pretty good. I got to say. What flavor was that again? It's like mango. It's like mango and peach. I like that. Yeah. See, I guess, but that's why I can't try it because I know I'm going to love it. It is, it is dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? I'm not, I can't, we had a story a few weeks ago about how the spike seltzers are really hurting the craft beer industry. And I'm not going to be part of that. I got to, I want to support our craft beer brothers and sisters. I want to make sure they're still getting hopified and making all kind of crazy new beers with throwing lactose and stuff. I don't even know what they're going to put in next, but I want to make sure they're supported and can do that. So yeah, I think, well, I think some of the breweries are making their own version. I mean, they're making cider now. Some of them are making, you know, uh, stuff to rival this, like a seltzer or something like that, or the the, the still water. Have you had that? No. That shit is dangerous. It tastes oh, just like water, and it's like alcohol. Oh, boy. It's crazy. It's like the spiked seltzer without the carbonation. Oh, jeez, yeah. It, it, you could go to the gym and drink it and be like, hey, this isn't that bad. Oh, boy. It's getting yeah. hammered. It's crazy. I don't need any part of that, but I'm glad it exists. I'm glad people are trying and I'm glad it exists, but I can't, I can't partake. I just know myself. Oof. How about you? What do you got right now? I'm trying to take it a little bit easy too. I know it's going to be a a long, crazy week. So I just have a little throat coat tea with a little splash of Irish whiskey just to, to keep you honest. Very good. Trying to again, build up get some echinacea in my system, make sure I'm healthy and ready to make the best out of this week. Cause again, this is a, I got ski Utah tomorrow in New York city. I'll be going up to Boston Wednesday or Connecticut Wednesday night to Boston Thursday morning. So uh, a lot going on, a lot happening. There's gonna be a lot of beer consumed in Boston that I know. So yeah, we uh, are a little bit easy. Tomorrow's going to be high West is this is one of the sponsors for the ski Utah. So that's right. You're going to ski Utah tomorrow in the city. Yeah. Wow. So you know how that can go. So taking it nice and easy. So this week we're going to kind of, this is going to be a quick podcast. We're going to push through. We don't have any additional Apre ski news or Apre uh, today news. We don't have any gondola news. We're going right into the ski news. Let's go to ski news. So Brian, what's up? What's up first? We got a good one first. Big things are happening. And now I don't want to say it is because of us. I say it is because of us. But I think if you listen to last episode, we talked about the boycott backcountry, the hashtag, the Facebook group, everything that's been going on with that. 
we were reposting stories. We kind of ripped into backcountry.com and, and their ridiculous lawsuit. And now hey, my girlfriend what? just bought, she just bought like a $350 jacket from them last week. Return it. <laughs> I'm like, wow. you know, now maybe we won't return it. I don't know. We got to see. It looks pretty dope on her though. So right after the podcast came out, the news, the backcountry must it's going through a PR nightmare. They had to flip the script on this whole thing. So they actually fired the attorneys and they're partnering with a company that was targeted in the trademark lawsuits as the CEO vows to make amends. Wow. That's, that's good. Yeah. It says the company isn't withdrawing the 50 plus request that the U S patent and trademark office cancel the trademarks of other companies. Backcountry.com CEO, Jonathan Nielsen said in an interview with this Colorado sun. Hmm. So they're dropping the lawsuits that are targeting small business owners with the word backcountry in it. Uh, because there have been so there's been so much backlash in the ski, the hunting, the hiking, the biking, all the communities that use the word backcountry just as yeah. part of their vernacular. But it's just, like a common vernacular now. That's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I mean, so this was a mass. I, I don't I don't really understand because I've talked this with Andrea before. She's like, who decided this was a good idea? to did they hire this law firm first did they did someone have an idea within backcountry to do this like why did they even think this would be a good thing well i wonder if it didn't start with you know them saying okay somebody's like using backcountry as their name and that's a direct infringement you know you can't use the same name so maybe they started going after that and then the lawyers just like took over and said hey let's go after everybody we can make a lot of money doing this or whatever i don't know it just seems to have gotten out of hand. And that's why I guess they, they came down and said, rather than talk to them, they're like, you guys got to go, you know? Yeah. It's almost like the opposite of a patent troll. Cause remember the whole podcast patent troll thing a bunch of years back. Yeah. And that was some like little known, just kind of sketchy person trying to trademark scumbags. that name. Scumbags. Yeah. Well, this is like a big player. This is like yeah. big bad backcountry.com. Just picking on a bunch of little guys. Yep. And that's why there was just such a huge backlash on, on it. So yeah, they fired the whole firm, uh, the lawyers, the firm that they were using, and now they are uh, helping out a lot of these small companies that are were part of that lawsuit, mm. which is yes. really, you know, it's, it's a great move, but this CEO is still on the hook for being the guy who started this lawsuit. And I, you know, I tweeted out from our account this morning. I'm like, hey, this is great, but I want to see the way this plays out before I'm going to go buy something again from backcountry. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we just bought something. So I'm kind of like, well, we didn't really get a deal on it. So I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind returning it. So we'll see. Yeah. Nice, nice Healy Hansen jacket. (laughs) Yeah. What's really cool though is, you know, one of the folks who was, being sued by backcountry, he, him and his company, David Olila, he owns a ski company, uh, Marquette Backcountry Ski, and he would not settle. He was fighting, and it's great because you know he actually posted out and he was saying, you know, it's great that people are listening. Like, you know, that someone, some independent retailer, could keep fighting. 
And he's like, it might sound a little bit cliche, but I think there's a way for backcountry to move forward and grow and heal. And he said, it's cool that a small independent person with a strong conviction and a little bit of talent can level the playing field. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which is so cool. So, and he said that by last Friday, November the 8th, there was 19,000 people who had belonged to the boycottbackcountry.com Facebook page. Wow. So it just goes to show you, you know, if you are a, a little guy or a small group who is pissed off at a big group, big company that's doing something, if you get together, you can make a difference. Yeah. Just start the start getting the word out and uh, reach out. We try to reach out. You know, that's that's how it works. Yeah. I so still think cool. it was us. It was the is the is the mega voice that we have in the industry, I think. <laughs> we are the skiing megaphone. So we had something to say, we shared it, and it looks like we were on the right side of history again. Again. So good on you, backcountry.com. But we're still keeping our eye on you. I'm not not ready to just start buying stuff from you all of a sudden. I want to see how this plays out. But yeah, let's see what's going in the right on. Direction. All right, next up, this is coming across the nation. Uh, while there's a lot of wildfires going on, they're saying scores of records could fall as cold, snow, and ice sweep across the nation. So I guess what's moving in right now, and this has been moving in for a while, they've been saying like the way the temperatures have been dropping, there's a huge uh, cold front just coming in, and it looks like it's going to cover almost the entire U.S. And uh, today's Monday. They said by tomorrow, they said... Um, they're saying like, you know, teens and twenties in the Midwest and great lakes, um, foot of snow Monday morning in parts of Michigan possible. So there's a lot of things. And they're saying by Tuesday, cold record, uh, record cold is possible in the Northeast Ohio Valley and portions of the South. Um, and they're saying even Texas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, so extra time Monday morning for commuting for icy roads, um, Tuesday, the, in Dallas, the forecast is for 44 degrees, which is 24 degrees below average. Um, down in Florida here, I think it was high as 70 something today. So it's uh, wow. really moved in. It got here. We like it. It got nice, but uh, I'm sure it's getting wintry and some places are going to see some snow. So Yeah, parts of Vermont are saying up to a foot of snow. Uh, a wow. bunch of the big resorts in Maine. I think Sunday River and uh, Sugarloaf are saying they're getting six to eight. So, Damn. yeah, there's some serious snow on its way. I know in the New York City area, it's supposed to drop from 50 to 30 tomorrow. So there's going to be a, a big swing in temperature. And I think that's absolutely perfect for the start of the uh, the Boston Ski and Snowboard Expo that's going to be going down. Yeah, this week. Yeah, it's funny. They also have a, a video that I didn't watch because it's probably clickbait, but um, they have a <laughs> video of climate change, how a warmer earth could mean more snow. So they're saying climate change is making winters colder despite rising temperatures and hotter summers. And they explain why. I mean, I remember seeing like a, some science show and they were talking about how if, if all the ice were to melt from the polar ice caps, all the fresh water would go into the salt water and it would screw up the whole system that every, you know, of everything going around and I guess make more storms or less storms or whatever, but they're actually saying it may even force a, like an ice age, oh, bring wow. on an ice age. Yeah. Cause it would, it would kind of shut down the, the system that goes around right now. 
I don't know. I got to look into this and see. That's something we should do as a end of ski season, kind of into the summer discussion. Because there's a few things I think we should, you know, really do a little more research on. Like I want to research about food and health for next spring and summer. I actually have like real evidence. So I can actually figure out what I'm supposed to be eating, how I'm supposed to be exercising and maybe look into climate change too. Like that would yeah. be a good, a good like deep dive for us to do deep dive. when there's not I think, like big news or i think know. we had to plan a retreat for the summer to get that fit that's not a bad idea either or just before the the ski season starts do like a uh meditation and workout like camp or something like that would be great yeah, that's a good idea i like that yeah you know? that's yeah. a big thing now is the whole meditation things or yoga like you go away and just do yoga and stuff yeah eat right hang out be with your thoughts be one with the universe. Exactly. I like that. Heart, tap into your uh, ski chi. <laughs> ski chi, yes. <laughs> Instead of your chi, your ski. Your ski. That's right, your ski. So here's a cool story that was from Vermont Sports. Skiing at the bottom of the world. Legendary extreme skier and Sugarbush ambassador John Egan skis one of the last two continents on his bucket list. Nice. Crazy enough, I actually spoke to John back at the Icon Pass event back in October. And, you know, it's one of those things like like I knew of him, but I didn't really know that I was talking to him because my buddy Rich is like, oh, this is John. I'm like, hey. And I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is John Egan. Like I, it, you, didn't, you just sometimes you have a couple of old fashions and you're not exactly sure what's going on. You know, allegedly, right. perhaps talking to Johnny Mosley about doing backflips and, you know, yeah. get away from you. That's just the kind of things, the kind of events we go to and the things that happen. What are you going to do? So this article came out and this is an interview with John. And it's really cool because I was talking to him about this story. He was kind of giving me the lowdown. He's like, oh, yeah, we were down in Alaska or in Alaska in Antarctica. And he was saying the boats were just going like when they left, it was like straight up and down you know, just getting off of Antarctica. And he was saying that, you know, the, there was a crew behind them that was supposed to leave a few hours later. They missed their window and they were stuck there for two extra weeks, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, But on this particular trip, it was saying that, um, you know, he's been to Greenland. He goes to the Arctic all the time, but this time it was, Antarctica. Yeah. Which is, that's the tough know. one to get. Like that's the, the really tough continent. Cause there's a window to go and it's remote, really hard to get to. Yeah. Uh, they went last November with a, a group of Vermonters and, uh, they skinned a single track roped together as they covered an uncharted landscape of ice, rock and snow where crevasses could appear at any minute. When they reached the top, there was a plateau with a 360 degree view of nothing but snow and ice and peaks in the ocean beyond. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You look at the pictures here. I mean, it looks for skiers and boarders. It looks like, like heaven, just ice and water and just so much snow. Just, uh, so I guess he went with Ice Axe Expeditions and they're saying uh, the next available cruise is November 2020. And it's a 13 day trip. Starts at about 12 grand. 
And they also do a backcountry skiing and mountaineering. Well, that's backcountry skiing and mountaineering. And then they also organize a hundred mile fat bike expedition to the South Pole. Wow. Imagine like you popped a tire or hit something, like ran over something like Oof. a dinosaur bone or who knows yeah. what you got to yeah, change right. your tire in Antarctica on your fat bike. Yeah. Right. That's not sound like fun to me. 12 grand, 13 day trip. See the money's one thing, but getting that time off and maybe being delayed another week or two is that's a tough one. The problem is you're thinking like a W2 employee. You're not thinking like a podcast entrepreneur who that's has right. the time to do these things. We make our own schedules. There's we're no not, Wi-Fi there. We're not a nine to five operation. It's true. You know, if we want to take two months off and go do some, some ski things, go to Antarctica, that's what we do. We can do it. We are not subject to the 40 hour work week. <laughs> that's the old way of thinking. That's the nonsense way our parents did things. We're, we live in the future. We live in a different time. The we live future. in Kanye's world. Kanye. Ye 2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're planning to go November, 2020, get on the list, man. That'd be a great retirement party for me next year. Oh, there you go. I like it. Yeah, t- so the bottom, he talks about it. We had 40 foot waves and winds hit 99 knots, 113 miles an hour. Damn. Some guests were violently seasick and stayed in their cabins. <laughs> He's like, but I'd say for the most part, the Vermonters enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. See all you uh, West Coast, Colorado, Utah, fancy folks. You may have better powder. You may have more fun cliffs. East Coast skiers, we're a little tougher. A little rugged. We yeah. got that going for us. That's right. That's about it. Because we used to shit conditions. We got to plow through and make work. We love the ice and we love anything we can get. Rainy, us up. snowy, overcast. That's fine. And our beer is better. Ooh. Shots fired. Boom. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots. And on that, I'll drink some more Natty Light. There you go. And I'll drink some more, some more tea. Like a proper, <laughs> like a proper English gentleman. That's right. With a little whiskey in there. With a little Irish whiskey. I got English. Oh. I got Irish. And you got it all going on there. I got it all going on. All of my, uh, my mutt genetics coming together in this beverage. <laughs> all right. And then last up, we got a uh, Saddleback uh, ski area. Closed about four years ago. And they've announced that it has been sold and is expected to reopen in 2020 under the ownership of a Boston investment company. So uh, Saddleback is Maine's eighth highest mountain with an elevation of 4120 feet, uh, 2000 feet of vertical uh, skiing and some, uh, some of the toughest expert terrain on the East. So they're saying annual skier visits uh, in the 12 years they operated the resort uh, the family that, that was operating it, their annual skier visits increased from 15,000 to more than 110,000. Whoa. So, and they've been closed for four years. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Did they say why it actually shut down in the first place? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but they're saying they're going to hire like 200, 240 full and part-time employees. They're going to start putting money back into it. So it's a, it's a good thing for the, for the place. I want to know why it closed. That's always, and it's weird because it closed in 2015. <clears throat> and that was, again, it's not like it closed like 2008, nine when the economy was kind of in the dumper and people were 
selling their vacation properties and couldn't afford to go. This was right in the middle of, you know, things were starting to boom. Yeah. I think it was crack. Mm, it's always possible. When in doubt, say crack. So it looks like in 2015, the owner said that it would not reopen unless the outdated and slow Brangley double chair was replaced, costing them nearly $3 million. And it did not transport enough people to the mountain as it should and creates a long line at the base. The owner stated that we've been actively seeking the necessary financing to replace the chairlift. However, time is running out. And then they couldn't make it happen by August and then said they're just not going to open it, which is unfortunate. But we'll see now, now that there is a, looks like a new buyer, if they're going to make this change and add this this uh, updated lift. Yeah, it says they, I think you mentioned that they're going to have to replace, they're going to replace the lift and the base lodge for snowmaking, mm. which is the uh, the plan and should, again, have that all in place and get it open next winter. So. I got to say, with the profitability of uh, ski resorts now uh, and the conglomeration and buying up of some of the larger resorts to become mega you know, mega moguls of ski resorts. It's not a bad idea to pump this thing up and then say, Hey, we're selling it to one of the big ones, Vale or, or Altera, one of them. Yeah. If they want it, that's the big thing is like, can you make it attractive enough to them at the right price to have them include it? Right. Or will it be profitable enough just to say, Hey, we're going to invest and uh, keep it running that way. Yeah. I wonder how much the real estate in the area shot up on this news. Hmm. The thing I always think about is you get the immediate you, like speculators that roll right in. So before it actually shoots up, yeah, it's like when Amazon it. was looking to put their HQ2 somewhere that yeah. the real estate shot up at all the different areas like DC and Boston and Newark and um, what was that in Queens, Long Island City, and like, Long Island all, City, yeah. All those areas just started to get, uh, you know, people started speculating on it and. <clears throat> You know, yep. The places that it didn't work out was unfortunate as people were stuck with it. But, you know, if you hit the right spot and... and well, that's the for fault of your elected officials. And that's what you get. This is very true. So this is great to see. Uh, you know, the more resorts that are open, the better. So hopefully Saddleback will be back up and running next year. Very awesome to hear. Yeah, that'd be cool. Have a new, new area to go to. Another place to go, right? Yeah. Always Speak nice to have more places to go. Yes, and speaking of places to go, we're going to roll right into our main topic. We had a wonderful interview. It must have been two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago, yeah. That we spoke to her. We spoke to Annalise Bergen, who is the Director of Communications for Ski Utah. And I will tell you, after listening to that, and I've already started to edit it to put it into this episode... I just got so excited again about making a trip to Utah and going skiing out there and just all the different areas they have and the different levels of terrain and places to go. It is a playground. I, I got to say, just talking to her, it's like you, you could just go anywhere and just ski really great places. Yeah. There's so many different places too. I think they have 15 different resorts now, she was saying, and they there's have a, a new one too. Yeah. yeah. That's the Woodward park city that's opening in December. So Powder Corp owns that one. And, you know, they specialize in 
you know, a lot of the aerials and tricks and half pipes and, and it's going to be cool to see having a dedicated resort like that. What sort of next generation athletes are going to come out of there because park city already creates some amazing Olympians and now to have a, a specialty resort just for that type of skiing and boarding, it's going to get pretty crazy. Oh, it's already yeah. crazy now. It's just going to get even crazier, which is so cool. Yeah. So hope you enjoyed the interview. We had a lot of fun talking to her and hopefully we're going to meet up with her in Boston. Yes. So here you go. Enjoy. Annalise Bergen, Ski Utah. So we have another special guest interview this week on the podcast. We want to welcome Annalise Bergen from Ski Utah. Annalise, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. We got our... Uh, our October Halloween crowd music yeah. there. Huh? Yes, that was the crowd yeah. music. So now you are the director of communications for Ski Utah. And now how long have you been on the job? Um, I've been here about three months. So you are yeah. brand spanking new here. First first winter. Um, no, I've actually spent eight winters before in Utah. Um, and then I moved home to Bend, Oregon, where I grew up for two winters. And then I just moved back this fall. So it's not my first winter in Utah, but I am new again. Okay. So it's your first uh, winter in this role at Ski Utah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back right, cool. in your stomping ground, which is nice. Yes. So what is your favorite part so far of your new job? Um, I mean, my favorite part is probably just, you know, what I get to do every day, which is talk about the greatest snow on earth. I mean, this place is so easy to talk about. I'm staring at the beautiful Wasatch right in front of me out of our office. And I could probably drone on and on and on um, about Utah and how incredible the skiing is here. It's my favorite place in the entire world. So I love that I get to talk about it. Um, the people that I work with, the resorts and at Ski Utah. It's incredible. The people here are so smart. They're so passionate. This industry is really special. And I'm just, I'm so lucky I get to be a part of this community and talk about Utah all day. So <laughs> there's definitely worse jobs out there, right? Yes. <laughs> so has it like significantly had an uptick in like the activity in the last like few weeks or so? Um, you mean as far as like the volume of my job? Yeah. Like just oh, yeah, events yeah. and activities and calls and mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> coming into the winter, everybody's excited. We've gotten um, a few snowstorms. All the mountains are announcing their opening dates. Um, lots of, lots of meetings, lots of events, stuff coming up. Um, but it's like, it's an exciting time of year because your adrenaline gets going and you just can't wait for the list to start turning. So does it seem to you like it seems to us that everybody waits till they hear about snow to start freaking out about, I got to make plans and I got to <laughs> follow up on stuff, right? It does seem like that. I feel like I spend 99% of my year thinking about snow, but I realize I'm probably not the norm. Um, but yeah, it does seem like that first snowflake falls and it's instant mayhem and everybody starts <laughs> booking their trips and buying their passes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the tough thing about it. It's, it's really the hardcores who are buying their, their icon, their epic passes in June. Because they're yeah. the ones who are like, you know, Memorial Day, oh man, I better buy my, my season pass for the year. Well, most people are thinking about the beach and barbecues and swimming. We are yeah, thinking we're about already snow. counting down the days about the to the next year. <laughs> that is right. See, I got my, my snowbird shirt on for you today. I oh, saw okay. that. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, we've been there a couple times. And, uh, you know, again, the first time I went out to Utah was back in 2014, and I talked to a friend who was from out west, and he's like, well, we're, I'm like, we're going to go to Utah skiing. And he's like, well, where in Utah? 
I'm like, I don't know, Utah, because again, I just, you know, <laughs> figure it's Utah. being a, a silly East Coaster, I was just like, I don't know, somewhere in Utah. So then, you know, did a little research yeah. and we ended up doing a couple days at Snowbird and Alta. And then mm-hmm. after that, going to Park City and skiing at Deer Valley. So we did, you know, yeah. and everyone said that was the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if you have a, a thought on that or, you know, because one of the things I wanted to ask, I know it's tough to play favorites because you love all your resorts and there is so yeah. many great <laughs> resorts there. So if you were if, if you were telling a person who's, you know, coming from somewhere else, your first trip to Utah, what would you recommend to them as a as a resort they should go to first? That's a really great question. I, honestly, so I would say it varies so much depending on the type of person they are or the abilities they're coming with abilities. um, Although a lot of the resorts have a really great variety, you know, it's really about like what they're looking for. So, and that's even like, you know, obviously it's hard to play favorites when we work with all of the resorts, but I have different favorites for different reasons. And so that equates really well to like where you should go if you're coming here for the first time. Um, You know, like hiking Baldy between Snowbird and Alta is one of my favorite places in the world, but it's because that's the kind of skiing that I like and that, you know, getting into those steep places. But I also love Park City because I feel like I can kind of be in a cool mountain town vibe and ski right up into town. And then Deer Valley is you know known for its groomers and like the best food around. Um, but they also have heavenly powder days in those trees because nobody's skiing the powder there. Yeah. Um, that's a good and point. It's like. You know, and if you're looking for something that's like a little bit quieter and truly like almost I feel like an undiscovered area, it's like Snow Basin and Powder Mountain. And like those are going to be a little bit more kind of off the beaten path and quieter, more acres per skier, literally. Um, And it's just it depends on every person. But the greatest part is that now we have even 15 resorts. It's like it's so easy depending on who you are and who you're coming with there's something here in Utah. So it's all, there's always an answer for you guys. It your... sounds like the snowbird Alta was maybe a good choice, but you yeah. guys gotta, you have to check out everything here. Well, we actually did part it of your a... job, making sure that you ski everything. Cause I imagine like people are going to ask you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's important for all of us, honestly, in the office to get out. And we do, we do spend a lot of time in these mountains because that's our job is talking about them and supporting them. So we spend a lot of time um, skiing in them, which is, you know, the really hard part of the job, obviously. Uh, it's job. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it, though. It's quality it's control. It's terrible, right? but somebody has to do it. Um, so, yeah, it is a big part of our job, and we'll be spending a lot of time in the mountains this year, obviously. And um, we do have, like, a an inner office competition called Yeti of the Year. It's whoever skis all 15 resorts first. Oh, nice. Um, oh. So I'm gunning for that one. That's cool. Oh, nice. Make my mark as the new kid in the office. <laughs> there you go. Get a few in one day, right? You're going you're gonna to double triple Yeah, I'm going to maybe, maybe do, yeah. Oh, you could definitely do all of Big and Little Cottonwood in one day. Um, I'm pretty sure I could do Park City, Deer Valley, and Sundance in one day. So if I really, if I really want to go crazy, maybe I can swing it all before Christmas. So we'll see. I'm thinking before Thanksgiving. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a few of the resorts Maybe. aren't actually open until Thanksgiving. It depends. Right? Yeah, I need to get on an actual lift account. It can't be touring. So. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, what, of those fifteen, you should do the... it both touring and on a lift. That Ooh, would. Yeah. <laughs> so, of the fifteen, what's the hardest one to get done? Just I don't know if it's like a logistic issue or travel. Um, 
probably just based on difference. Uh, I mean, on distance, I should say, um, maybe like Cherry Peak. But even that, it's only a few hours. So uh, none of them are really that difficult to check off the list. It's more of just trying to plan your day and like where you want to go. Um, but maybe Cherry Peak, just because it's so high up there. Um, it's almost to the Idaho border. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just funny. Like, you know, everyone thinks when they think, you know, when I hear out, out east, because I'm in New Jersey, Mario's in Florida right now. Um, right. Keeping everyone, in Florida. Everyone, everyone goes, I'm moving out west, I'm going to Colorado. That's just like, that's just the spot yeah. everyone decides they're going to go. And, you know, it's, that's the, it's, it just is what it is. It's, it's kind of, you know, the place that you're supposed to go. Then I know <laughs> when I first went to Utah, I was like, why did no one go the extra like 20 minute flight out to here? <laughs> I mean, just the way you're surrounded in Salt Lake, you land in Salt Lake City and you look up and you're like, is this even real? You know, mm-hmm. it just, it's, and it's, it's not a far ride to the mountain. It's not like a two and a half hour or hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's all pretty close. So yeah, from Denver getting out to any of those resorts on 70. I mean, if you do it on a Saturday, I mean, it could be a couple hours getting to Vail and even further if you're going, going way out West. But you know, when you're in Salt Lake city, you're like, Hmm, which, which place should I go? In which 40 one do I want to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we have, we have 10 resorts under an hour from the airport. Um, obviously hundreds of nonstop flights coming from around the country and even the world in every day. Um, I mean, Mario, you could come out from Florida and you could be on the tram before noon on a nonstop flight, you know, same day. Um, and that's something to be said about you. That may actually happen this year. We'll see. Yeah. You you should try it out. Um, But you know, it's just like, I think that Utah has something special that nowhere else in the country has. And that is the accessibility. And, um, you know, selfishly, I always want to keep it to myself, but it's, you know, it's kind of my job now to tell everybody how great it is. So that's tough as director of communications for Utah, right? To keep it secret. (laughs) Yeah. Selfishly, I would love to keep it a secret forever, but I think that's impossible. Utah is just too exceptional to be kept a secret. Well, I remember like four or five years ago, there were a ton of commercials being run about Ski Utah. And that's kind of when I first started looking into it. And I was like, wow, this is maybe even longer. Um, And then I didn't hear a lot of commercials, probably for the last, I don't know, for like a a year or two, there weren't a lot of commercials. Then they started up again. Um, And I remember it was like, I saw commercials all over the place, billboards, like, you know, I was in New Jersey at the time. I was like, saw marketing everywhere. Um, And now I see it coming back again. So is that something that kind of was a strategic like move by you guys or just kind of what happened? No, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a strategic move. I think honestly, it just ebbs and flows throughout the years. And then obviously we're working with the resorts. So we, um, you know, we complement their marketing. And so we work with them to say, okay, what do you want us to be talking about? What are you talking about? Um, and working with all the community partners, the industry partners and the resorts, you know, our marketing can ebb and flow on a message. So you may have seen less, but somebody else may have seen more depending on the audience. And so, no, that wasn't area, a specific right? strategy to tell people less about Utah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny that you guys almost have to do it while Colorado, just, you know, everyone just kind of knows to go there. It's like people, yeah. it's, it's just like, it cracks me up. It's like, it's, if you look at a map, you look at, you know, where the Wasatch Mountains are, it's like, how do you not know to go to Utah? But again, it's <laughs> Colorado just is the, you know, Aspen Extreme, all the movies, everything is just Colorado. It, it, I, well, I get a kick out of it. Yeah, no, it, it does kind of crack me up sometimes. It, it always surprises me to see people um, talking as much as they do about Colorado. But, um, you know, 
I've never lived anywhere out West other than where I grew up in Oregon. I chose to move to Utah and that was because there's a huge city with a ton of great jobs and seven resorts in less than 40 minutes from my house and 10 resorts less than an hour. So that was like a no brainer to me. If it's not for everybody else, then that's okay. But they'll visit once and they'll probably never book a vacation, a ski vacation anywhere else again. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like, it's just, I don't know if it's a culture thing. Maybe, maybe people think of Utah, they think of Mormons. They don't, they don't think about skiing or snow. I mean, look at, you look at like all these different ski and snowboard brands. So many of them have like a Colorado flag on there. It's like, you don't see any, there's no DPS skis with a, with a Utah flag. Is there? Um, not that I know. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe we should yeah, have no. more uh, Utah flags <laughs> on all of our skis, but you know, I think that honestly, a lot of times we kind of let Utah speak for itself. And like I said, you come here once and you experience what it is and you'll never go back. So, um, I think we can just let it speak for itself. Most of the time we don't, we don't have to put our flag everywhere to tell everyone how great the snow is here and how exceptional the accessibility is because you will find out for yourself in a, in a second. <laughs> for sure. And it helps keep the crowds down a little bit, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it's not, it's not too bad here. And the luckily, like with how many resorts we have concentrated, it spreads out really well. And um, I think that Utah has done a great job managing the expansion here. Yeah, no, and one of the big things we talked about before we, you know, went live with the the episode is that you, know, you were saying that there is now a the fifteenth resort, and that's new this year. The Woodward, yeah. Woodward Park City. Um, so the Woodward brand obviously has um, several camps throughout the United States, but this is um, the first one in Utah, and it's the world's first all-in-one ski resort and action sports facility, and it's going to be unlike anything else, it's going to be really incredible. And, you know, Woodward is really focused on youth progression and really, you know, helping people experience action sports. And that's at all ability levels. So they're going to be teaching people that have never been on skis before. And they're going to be teaching people, you know, how to go off the 70 foot jumps there or their 22 foot half pipe there. Um, And then they have a 66,000 square foot indoor facility um, in addition to the ski resort right in front of it, uh, where they're going to be teaching, you know, everything from parkour, skateboarding, gymnastics, all the things that Woodward, you know, Woodward PA is known for, things like that. Um, but now it's integrated into a ski resort experience as well. Um, so they're opening this December. It's our 15th resort in Utah. And it's going to be, I think it's about uh, 25 minutes maybe from the airport. Um, it's on your way up to Park City, right near kind of the summit of Parley's, and you'll pass right by it if you're driving over to Park City this winter. Wow. So then there's hope for Brian to actually do his backflip finally. Backflip, there yes. There is hope. Right? Woodward can... Park City has got your back, Brian. I so it can that. teach old men how to do backflips, which, <laughs> hey, sure. you know what? Maybe I'll be on the poster for next year. Like we taught this dummy how to do a backflip. We can yeah. teach these kids how to do you're anything. The, you're the new poster child. I can see right. already. It makes this, for great YouTube videos. Let's put it that way. I don't want to name drop, yeah. but I was actually asking Johnny Mosley a couple weeks ago at the uh, a ski <laughs> event in the city. I was like, I'm like, hey man, nice to meet you. Can you tell me how I can learn how to do a backflip? And he kind of got a kick out of me. He was like laughing at me, but he was actually, he's like, oh yeah, try it in like water first. Like don't try it on you're skis like, yeah, right I'm, away. I'm serious though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, so I'm they're, not they're joking. Inside is gonna have the foam pits i mean like i don't know if you guys have ever been to a woodward before but like the woodward pa is there you know that woodward pa was where it all started and it started with gymnastics and dance but it expanded into skateboarding and now 
you know, powder has really taken it to another level, marrying it into the ski resorts and Woodward Park City is going to be unlike anything else. And so you can, you know, you can practice something like a backflip um, inside Perfect. in the foam pit and then take it to the snow. So um, it's take it to some nice powder day learn. snow, Brian. This Not... year is your year, Brian. This is yeah. the year. Yeah, we, you don't want to we do were... it on on Killington on a nice hard pack ice day. You want to do it in Park City. I, yeah. Nice powder day. That's when you do it. That's right. There's my yeah. practice zone. Yeah, we <laughs> talked. Good plan. We spoke to um last year we we talked to Cameron Nas, who's the 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 Red Bull crashed ice champion. And he he had just come from the Woodward in Pennsylvania because that's where do they do yeah, you know, they do all their training there because it's really tough to replicate those ridiculous, crazy like ramps they have there. And he was kind of showing us like a video of like they did there. And these facilities are unbelievable. And you know, yeah. you gotta think to get these kids started this young doing those having these instructors teach them how to do this. I mean, you watch the Olympics now and you look at the Olympics 10 years ago, well, 12 years ago, I guess. And you look at how much it's evolved and you just wonder like, what's it going to be like in 12 years from now? Because the yeah. progression be doing backflips while sending an email and Snapchatting. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty so, much. yeah. I, <laughs> Look, I'm Snapchat. That'll, that'll be Brian. He'll be broadcasting while <laughs> yeah, it. it'll be it'll be great. <laughs> that would be great live. We'll have to go live for that one, Brian. No take backs, no edits. You just got to go for it. So one of the other things we we're talking about, you know, with the expansion here and how close it is to the, the air, you know, from the airport, you can get to what is it, ten resorts? You said in forty minutes. Ten resorts in under an hour. So awesome. Wow. Now, is there any new mass transit that they've implemented to keep things kind of moving efficiently from the airport? So the first phase of the new airport is set to open fall 2020. Um, and every year, the Utah Transit Authority expands and renews its services um, to adapt to the increasing population and the demand for public transit here. And so I have no doubt that they, in conjunction with that new phase opening, will probably continue to expand with the airport. They actually just had a really exciting announcement that came out just a few hours ago that they are doing a huge expansion and increase for their Cottonwood Canyon ski buses. So the buses that are going up to Snowbird, Alta, Brighton, and Solitude have gotten um, a lot of great upgrades. Um, they're increasing the bus that goes up to Snowbird and Alta, Alta at um, up Little Cottonwood Canyon. That'll be increased by 26%. And they're just making all sorts of really great changes that is really going to make it easier for people to take public transit to the mountains, which is so That's important because the yeah. mountains can handle more people, but getting up there is not easy here in Utah all the time, just like any resort destination really when we get a lot of snow and um, UTA is making some big steps along with all the community members that help do that increase. They're making some big steps to make this winter a lot easier to get into the Cottonwood Canyons. And then on top of that, Snowbird, you know, obviously launched that ride app last year, which is the carpooling ride sharing app. And just recently, Solitude, Brighton, and Alta announced that, announced that they'll be joining the ride app as well. So oh, all four all four resorts in Little and Big Cottonwood Canyons will be on the ride app. And so encouraging ride sharing, carpooling, easier bus service. Um, I think we're going to be seeing, seeing some big changes in our traffic in the next couple of years. That's good because, you know, people go in there new. It, you know, it's like the whole planning thing, like, do I rent a car? Do I not? If you have to rent a car and drive versus just jumping on a bus or mass transit somehow, a lot of times it's a little bit more of a peace, you know, peace of mind, especially. Yeah, I always tell people in Utah, don't rent a car. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the bus system is so easy here. They keep making it better and better. In Park City, the Park City bus is free. And then, like I said, with all these UTA expansions, a lot of the hotels you're going to stay at, it's so easy to hop on a bus. Tons of hotels have the shuttles. You can stay at the resorts. I mean, it's just such an easy ride from the airport to the resorts. It's just silly to rent a car. You really don't need it. Um, let somebody else do the driving in the snow. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. And you can't rent a snowcat, can you? Um, you know, I think maybe if you know the right person, um, (laughs) but I think they have to drive it for you. I think that's called a a snowcat experience. You know, you can head up to Powder Mountain and you can get a snowcat ride to go ski some of their terrain. (laughs) Well, we keep talking about like Whisper Ridge and trying to get up there because that just seems like an outstanding place. (laughs) Brian wants to get a snowcat driving license. Well, that's, we've actually, that's a long-term project. We were looking, we looked at like, I think a year or two ago for the podcast that there is an actual place in Colorado that that offers like a 40-hour course that you can take to get your license to drive the snowcat. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, is it, you know, like if you have to drive like a bigger truck, you need a CDL license, like there's different types of licenses for different snowcat share. They could be a snowcat share. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, you know, you could just, <laughs> right? you might be one of the most popular guys in town if you do that. So you could be the place to stay. That's the backflipping guy who has the snowcat. Like everybody yeah. will know who I am. Unfortunately, exactly. he stops the snowcat, gets out, does a backflip, and then backflip off the snowcat. And then we can't get back to the snowcat. <laughs> he yeah, broke his exactly. leg. Now no one can drive. <laughs> everybody loses now. <laughs> I know you said it's tough to to pick a favorite because you know you represent yeah. all the resorts and you they're they're all awesome and you love them all. But do you have a favorite resort or a favorite trail that, you know, that's just really near and dear to your heart that you, you know, get more excited to ski than any other? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so hard to say. Like I said, I love them all for such different reasons. It's like Sophie's um, choice. It's like a gun to your it head. Is, it is like Sophie's choice. I feel so choice by all Snowfie. of them. Yeah, Snowfie's <laughs> choice. Um, you know, like I said, I think Baldy between Snowbird and Alta has always had a special place in my heart. There's something about hiking up to 11,500 feet and traversing around and finding your way down and seeing those views all the way down into the city is just unlike anything else. Um, so that's, that's an, a place near and dear to my heart, but man, every mountain here has something special that I love that another mountain here doesn't have. Um, now if you're so- doing the hiking, like you said, uh, between Baldy, like that is av- AV gear, you know, skins, the whole thing. Nope. No, it's, um, so the Baldy hike is open from the snowbird summit, um, as well as from the Alta side, it just depends on the day. So as long as patrol has cleared it, um, you can hike into Baldy and traverse across and you can ski any run off of it and ski right back into the resort. It's not out of resort bounds, um, but obviously okay. they do control work. And so they don't open it every time right, or every right. single day, as long as, as long as know. the conditions are safe though, it, the hike is open and it's maybe a five, 10 minute hike up and you just traverse around and find your spot. Nice. Okay. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> Very and, good then, and then what is that other, um, I know there's, uh, I, I'm not sure if Ski Utah runs it or if it's actually privately on the mountains. There's the, uh, I, again, I forget the name of it. You start in Deer Valley and you can kind of go on a tour. Oh, and go up the Interconnect. Snowbird. Interconnect. Yes. Yeah, that is, um, that is Ski Utah run. Um, okay. You can do, I think it's up to six resorts or maybe even seven resorts in one day, depending on um, the day and the conditions, obviously. Um, but yeah, you, we could, we run a, a tour all winter where you can join on and you don't even necessarily need to have, you don't necessarily need to have all the backcountry experience and gear. This is a guided 
um, tour and it's spent actually mostly in the resorts. People actually really don't realize how close all of the Wasatch resorts are. It's really really impressive. It's really, really impressive. So obviously Snowbird and Alta are connected. Um, You can get an Alta Bird Pass. Um, Brighton and Solitude are connected. You can get um, a Solbright Pass. Um, And then getting from Alta over to Solitude is just up through Grizzly Gulch. It's right there. People just, you just don't think about it visually unless you see it from ahead or or above, I should say, or you, you've done it. (laughs) Um, and then it's easy to get over to the park city side from Brighton. And so they're just, they're all right there, very, very close to each other. And if you have the right guide to take you, you can do all of them in one day. (laughs) Very nice. That's so cool. Yeah, we'd planned to do that yeah. a couple of years ago, but it was one of those. We picked somehow the worst first Friday in February <laughs> in like decades, I'm sure. It was, it just was just one of those years. Yeah, it's just it was raining all day on Friday. No. Just, yeah, we'd come from yeah. Snowbird. It was warming up. We came down to Park City. It was just raining all day and we just kind of hung out. We went to Deer Valley, checked rain. out Stein yeah. Erickson, tried to get into High West. Like so, bad luck. I don't think I'm going to ski with you. I know. <laughs> But see, the God we the God smiled upon us the next day. So it was raining, raining, raining. So Saturday we're like, wake up in the morning and it's into the snow, snow yeah. on the ground down in Park City. But up top, yeah. it was all snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned the email to you. I saw that the uh, the Tombstone Barbecue is expanding, mm. and that was the yeah. day we uh, we just hit um, the solid or the canyons part of Park City, right where we got to the ninety nine ninety lift, right when it opened, and yeah. we took the lift up, and the run that we had down was just it, like everybody was hooting it was and hollering. powder it was awesome taking like they were stopping amazing. and taking pictures just everybody i've never seen so many that's happy just the best people. that's the best energy here i mean people you know people love skiing and riding here i i mean maybe i'm biased but i think people love it here more than anywhere else in the world and the vibe here like when you're out on one of those days just like you described it's just like it's better than Christmas morning. I don't even yeah. know how to describe it. You have so much adrenaline and you're just so happy. Like you're and everybody's a little so bit happy. of disbelief too. You're like, I yeah. Can't and you get down like the this. line and you don't know anybody in the ski line and you're all just like high-fiving, like it's the best <laughs> day of your life. And like, you know, and it is, you know, everybody I think that has been to Utah at least a few times or lives here has had one of the best days of their entire life here. And I, um, I'm lucky to have had a few of those. <laughs> That's very yeah, cool. it's those certain runs, like you just you time it right. And it's again, I, I, I remember exactly how I feel that entire run. You know, I have pictures mm-hmm. of it and it reminds me, but I remember every turn just being like more fun than the next. Mm-hmm. It was just fantastic. Yeah. We were, Big we smiles all felt after it that. too. Yeah, it was yep. great. And that's the thing too, like, like you said, like you got a little bit of rain, but that temperature drops just a tiny bit and the elevations are so high at most of these resorts that it just turns to snow like that. And the dr- it's so dry here that, you know, it goes from a tiny bit of moisture to just dry, fluffy powder in the blink of an eye. And then you're going to have the best day of your life the next day. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is like Salt Lake City is even lower elevation. So you can actually still fly in if it's snowing. You know, it could be in the mountain oh, yeah. snowing. You're still, your flight's not going to get canceled. You're going to come in. The buses and the, the vans that get you out of there up to the mountains, they all have four-wheel drive or chains or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you'll still get to the mountain. 
Yeah, the city is only at about, I want to say 4,500 to 5,000 feet, depending on where you are. And the airport, I mean, they just do such an incredible job there getting planes in and out no matter what the weather, um, I think because they're just used to it. Um, but honestly, yeah, the city, we really don't have to deal with really insane weather here. It usually stays up in the mountains. And we're so lucky with the way our weather patterns come in and they hit all of these little canyons perfectly and just dump feet of beautiful, greatest snow on earth. And here in the city, we can go to work or run up to the mountain or do both <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I got one other question, actually two other questions. And sure. first I'm going to ask you, do you have a favorite apres ski bar in Utah? Oh, well, yeah. This is going to be another Sophie's choice. Um, I have favorites depending on like where I am. <laughs> That's true. Um, so oh, I'll just give you like some favorites for some areas because they're uh, they're all so good. <laughs> if I'm in Little Cottonwood, I love going to the P Dog. Um, that's what everybody calls it here, but it's the Alta Peruvian Bar, known as the P Dog. Oh yeah. Um, that's an awesome bar. Um, if I'm in Big Cottonwood, I love going to Molly Greens at Brighton cool vibe there really fun everybody's you know same mood that you see people when they're seeing powder they're stoked in the bar <laughs> and then um let's see here oh if you're up in like the ogden area you have to go to the shooting star saloon it's the oldest operating bar west of the mississippi it's like this weird little old saloon that like has all these cool stories and this huge dog on the wall it's it's awesome nice. <laughs> and um cheap beers cheap burgers um and then like over in park city you know that is obviously like the mecca of opera because you just ski right into town um and so like i love going to high west there like you can ski right off of park city mountain into a whiskey distillery so that's that's a pretty good opera so <laughs> if you can get in yeah. That same trip, three times we, we tried, tried to get three in. Times. Yeah. It was like a private was it event. Busy? It was like an oh, hour no. wait. Like we just, it, it seriously, it was like the the. It was just Friday the thirteenth. Just don't travel like this, with us. Just meet yeah, us at places. Brian, That's I easier. I think I'm going to avoid you if you come to Utah. But <laughs> just no. say, look, you want want to meet us? At, you want to go to Highway? Just meet us there because, like, well, you'll I've get never in had and we'll that be like problem at High West. But yeah, maybe I'll go ahead of you and then it'll be fine. And then you just meet me there. How about if I'm in the hospital for my backflip, just send me a high West bottle. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just send you a bottle of the American Prairie and you'll be good to go. (laughs) I'm a campfire guy, but that'll work too. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The campfire is good too. Uh, That's fair. My favorite's the American Prairie, but we, they're both good. (laughs) Everything they make is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great job. Yeah. Um, And then one other question. I know we kind of talked about it earlier again. The one Wasatch, I know that was kind of like a, it had some fire a couple years ago. It was getting some, some, to talk and then it kind of died down. Is there any new plan? Some people want it to happen and some people really don't want it to happen. And you know, you <laughs> have things like the interconnect already in place. So th- there's ways to almost kind of roll your own in a way. Is there any talk of it progressing? You know, there's nothing new news. Um, Ski Utah still believes that connecting all six of the central Wasatch resorts would be hugely beneficial um, for the resort economy um, and even for traffic uh, as well. And being able to connect all of those could reduce traffic greatly. It can do it could do some great things for the central Wasatch. But um, obviously, that just takes a lot of moving pieces to make happen. So, um, you know, we don't see that coming, you know, coming to fruition anytime soon. Uh, But it's something that we're always still working towards, um, you know, while working with the community and um, working to, you know, protect the backcountry at the same time and respect the watershed and working with all the different 
different resorts and their ownership. So there's a lot of moving pieces with it, but um, it's something that Ski Utah still believes in and a lot of resorts still believe in and we'll, we'll still be working towards it. Um, it's just going to be something that definitely takes some time. And um, however they can connect, we'll, we'll do our best to work towards that. You need to get Elon Musk in there with the boring company, make some tunnels. <laughs> Just tunnel yeah, every time. I mean, through the mountains? <laughs> tunnels on tunnels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Snowbird does have a tunnel, but it goes, it's, you know, from the front side to the back side. But Almost like an yeah. intermountain subway system you could have in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I like that little um, that little tunnel in Snowbird. It's like a little museum when you're going through. I know. Yeah. It's like a little silver mining museum. You learn the history of Snowbird and Alpha. <laughs> and you kind of just sit on a little conveyor belt. And it's like, like this is kind of cool. Yeah. He's like, it's I am learning like, here. Every yeah. time as someone's in town, I'm like, we have to go ride it through the tunnel. Like, I, I rarely ride it just on a regular day. But anytime <laughs> someone's in town, like, we got to do the tunnel. <laughs> Too bad you're not open now because it could be like a haunted tunnel, right? Oh. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I would go in that. I think I would be a little <laughs> That scared. would be a little freaky. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you have to look it down. I don't think I would want to do that. How about yeah, a Christmas exactly. tunnel? Do they do a little Christmas theme, maybe? Christmas tunnel, I'd be into that. Um, I've never seen them do a Christmas theme in there. I think usually they throw like a maybe like a tree in there or something, but they haven't gone full Christmas theme on it that I know of. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. They could play around with Yet. that. Until <laughs> yeah. they hear this podcast. That's right. <laughs> so right. We have another idea. Listen, we're just idea want? people. We just throw ideas out there into the ether. and <laughs> Some people pick it up and run with it. Like, we're happy. Backflips, snowcats, Christmas tunnels. Christmas tunnels. <laughs> Christmas tunnel. Yeah, the Christmas tunnel is good. You could have, like, Santa Claus giving out candy canes. be perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's good. Good. <laughs> we don't want to take up too much of your time. Is there anything else that you want to share with us and the audience about um, the season or anything going on at Ski Utah? Secret deals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if they're secret deals, but I mean, we have, obviously, as you guys know, um, we have two resorts here on the Epic Path. And then I want to say it's actually, is it six resorts now on, yeah, on Icon. Um, and so like, between Epic and Icon and then the pass deals that we have here at Ski Utah, like from the Yeti Pass, we have the fifth and sixth grade passport. So for $45, a fifth grader can get three resort tickets to every single resort in Utah for $45 total. Wow. Um, and that's, that's cool. any fifth grader in the world. Um, you don't have to be in Utah to apply to it. You just go to SkiUtah.com and you can apply to get the passport. So stuff like that it's not secret um but it's awesome um, nice. <laughs> and so between all of the you know conglomerate passes that we have here now um ski utah's passes and the more you buy ahead the, the better you're gonna save and we're coming off a record skier visit year last year we did um 5.1 million skier visits um and had a record snow year alta reported i think 620 plus inches last year so we're coming off of wow. a record year and wow. I mean, I just, I'm so excited to see what happens this year. And I know that I know what's special about Utah is no matter how much snow we get, I've been here in our, some of our lowest years and I've been here in some of our best years and I've never had a bad year here because there's always good snow to ski and we have the greatest snow on earth. And that's a scientific fact. So very cool science. <laughs> there you go. It's actual science that we do have the greatest snow on earth. You Take that Utah. Colorado. <laughs> professor went through it all and we do have the greatest snow on earth i'm going to claim it right here right now on this podcast <laughs> awesome very cool <laughs> all right so annalise thank you so much for your time um where can everyone get information 
uh, where should they follow you guys so they keep on top of what's going on? Yeah, go to skiutah.com. Um, they have a ton of cool trip planners actually on the website. So you can type in what you're looking for from wanting to go to a hot tub after, to wanting to operate after, to wanting to certain amount of ski runs. You can type all that in and the skiutah.com website will actually help you pick which resorts you should go to and help you guide to the right passes as well, which is really cool. Um, and then you can follow us on social media. It's just on Instagram and Facebook is Ski Utah and um, lots of good stuff to keep up with there. And, you know, all of those great uh, powder videos that'll make you really jealous and force you to book a ticket to come to Utah this winter. <laughs> there you go. Direct flights from all over the place. They, they make yeah. it so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. It's, it's, it's almost too easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too easy to resist i have a feeling that that you're gonna have to do it for florida this year mario oh yeah <laughs> yeah or even if you're you know if you're in like la for example you know you could get on a super early morning flight you could be on the first tram at snowbird be here all day operate go to a basketball game downtown fly back that night and go back to work the next day so you could call in sick i like if you're in how LA you're thinking fly that, here and out you know that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah that. all right that, that's my kind of sick day if you're working in California. <laughs> yes, seriously, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Annalise, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, yeah, everyone, go to skiutah.com. And uh, yeah, hopefully everyone will be able to make it out there this year. Yeah, so thank you so much again. Me and uh, I'll see you hopefully on the snow this year. Awesome. Definitely. Sounds great. I'll let you know. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. All right, take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the interview. And if you want more information about Ski Utah, you can go to skiutah.com. Or if you have questions for us, you can hit us up at skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, please do so. Uh, you'll get usually the show notes, a tidbit of what's coming up and maybe some uh, previews. But uh, very, very good to sign up. We got a over, we got, a you know, quite a substantial number of uh, subscribers. We've doubled subscribers in the last two months, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've we've had a it's big good. increase, which has been great. And people, you know, they seem to like it and get a kick out of it. And we try to do the same thing we do with this podcast and put, you know, kind of some fun, you know, graphics and fun yeah. little articles in there. So if you could, it would really help us to kind of spread the word. If you can sign up and tell your friends to sign up, go to the website, skibumpodcast.com. Look at uh, for the awesome little picture of us. It's on the in the footer. It's also on the homepage. You can't miss it. Sign up. That would be really our Facebook help. page has a link now too on it. Yeah, look at that. We're it's it's really it's almost harder to not sign up than it is to sign up. Yeah. Yeah. So please do. We'd really appreciate it. And we don't even have anything under the ropes this week, do we? No, we're our under the ropes is gonna be done in Boston. We're gonna be making the news over there. We're keeping it super lean this week, but we had a great interview and wanted to make sure we got it out to you. And we're going to have a ton of stuff afterwards. We still have a bunch of interviews already set up that are going to be putting us towards Christmas already. So we hope you're enjoying the format now, you know, getting these different folks from different aspects of the ski and snowboard world, having them tell their stories and share their experiences and find out what their day to days are like, because Every single person, no matter what they're doing, has been inspiring to us. You know, we have Rich from All About Opera. He's a, his story is inspiring. The, our friends from Alba Adventures, Hunter moving out from Brooklyn to Squaw Valley, Ryan from Till I Die, and you know Annalise from Ski Utah. Like all these people are 
doing their own thing that are all totally different, but we're all in this industry and we're all trying to get more snow time and it's inspiring and fun and enlightening and exciting talking to all these folks. So we hope you guys are are digging all the interviews we've been doing and, you know, we're trying to get better. I know we're still a little, we probably only have about 10, 10 or 12 interviews in our history so you know actually we're working we out more than that like i was looking back and i'm like wow i forgot we did an interview there and an interview there so yeah but i think we good. it's different over the video chat that we do it versus doing it in person definitely for sure yeah there's, a, there's always like a little time um time delay so we talk over each other sometimes we'll talk over the guests sometimes so yeah. we're trying to work on that but it's uh, and I know I get a little overly excited sometimes talking to these folks. I stumble over my words. I'm like a 12 year old sometimes talking to uh, a girl, but it's something I hope you guys at least see that there's a passion in it and there's like a love and it's genuine. Nothing is forced. Nothing is fake. It is true excitement. And we're going to have more of these interviews. We're going to get better. We're going to keep growing. We're not going to stop doing this. So you might as well just listen and it's tell all about all community and friends yeah. who are skiers who are boarders who want to give it a try I actually yep. had a great uh, Twitter conversation last week with some folks, uh, ski Rex media, Alba adventures, a few others. We were, we, were, we had a nice little thread going talking about getting people involved for the first, you know, first timers and new people. And, you know, one of the things that's the biggest problem is that there's no, like think about the first time you go skiing and you have crappy, uncomfortable, poor fitting rental gear that's going to put you in a bad spot. Imagine you, you're doing that and then you get hurt. Like, why would you go back and do it again? Mm. There's got to be some way to come up with a comfortable first timer boot, you know, something like, you know, maybe you wear your own shoes and there's like a mold that goes over and locks onto the rental ski, you know, it's just something that allows a first timer to be more comfortable and have a more enjoyable first experience because that sets the entire table for their entire ski life. If it's yeah. a first time miserable experience, why would they ever go back to doing this? Well, the boots have really changed. I mean, uh, so my girlfriend, she went, you know, Mel went last year for the first time in like 10 years. And now she grew up in Canada. She's, she worked at a ski resort. So she skied before, uh, quite a bit. And she said she always hated, she was, wasn't looking forward to skiing again because of the boots. And she yeah. tried these new boots on and she's like, they were comfortable. She said she could have walked around all day in them. Huh. So it's good to see the technology is getting that much better. You know, that is very good. Uh, but we also went to a little local place. You also went to a better place to get boots. You didn't exactly. go to like, you know, the regular kind of factory mill where they have like, you know, a thousand groups on a Saturday. Exactly. Cranking them in and out. No, we went to a local ski shop. We stopped in there. I think we paid either the same, if not uh, maybe, you know, 10 bucks more for the day to go rent and, you know, rent it for three days. And um, it, it turned out really good. That's that great. was when we were at Killington. Uh, we went there and we rented from that, the place right uh, where that new brewery is. What's the name of that place? Oh, Black Dog? Yeah. Uh, was it Black Dog? Yeah, I think it was Black Dog. Yeah, but we rented there. Mountain Green. A Mountain Green, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. that's Black Dog. <clears throat> so yeah, free shout out to you, Black Dog. Not even a sponsor. There you but go. You, I had my skis tuned there once. They did a very nice job. So they, nice. they're they're legit there. But yeah, hopefully, we, hopefully we'll get free boots this year if she runs again. There you go, right? <laughs> that would be nice. 
so yeah, so this is the podcast this week. We, you know, we're keeping it kind of light. We hope you enjoyed the interview. We had a lot of fun talking to Annalise. I'm, I'm if thinking you're on under the rope stuff. We're going to do some stupid shit. I'm sure up in Boston, hopefully we won't get arrested. So just keep, keep your eyes peeled. I'm not, if you're going for, <laughs> listen, you're bringing the Florida. So, you know, Florida stupid's kind of like your default. That's right? it. That's it. Hey, stupid happens in Boston too. <laughs> stupid definitely happens in Boston. But you know what? We're gonna have some, perhaps some, some legal cannabis. Even though now you're looking for a job. Yeah, I might, I might not partake, but I could watch you. I could you take, can, I could take I, the shit out of this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to be stupid. I'm trying to be a professional. Um, we are part of the North American Snow Sports Journalist Association. We are professionals here, okay. so. That's we right. have to act with some decorum, but we also do want to have a good time. So I'm going to wear a tux. How about that? We're a tuxes. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. A dumb and dumber tuxes. Dumb and dumber tuxes. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. So yeah, so we'll be in Boston all weekend, Thursday through Sunday. So please follow us on the socials. It's the best way to, to follow us, to keep track of us, to meet up with us. If you're looking to meet up with us, we are at Ski Bump Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to the website, skibumpodcast.com. That'll have all of our information. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We are going to be rocking some of our new gear, which will also be available on the website, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We'll be on YouTube, this latest episode. Maybe we'll pin. We have no idea. I'm sure we won't post on SoundCloud yet again. I may pin tomorrow. I may spend some time tomorrow pinning. At the airport, I'm sure you'll do some pinning. That's it. I'll be going to Ski Utah tomorrow night. So hopefully I'll remember to post from there. Usually I get so in the mood and have so much fun. I don't end up posting too much, but I will see what I can do. Thank you again so much for listening. Please subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, your favorite podcast app. Spread the word. We are your weekly audio. Follow us on Instagram. We want more followers. Yes. And thank you, Quickie Wax, for your sponsorship. We'll see you guys in Boston. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.